Let us begin another day, another blessed day. Uh, we are blessed for Hashem to be here. Blessed to Blessed indeed. Blessed indeed. Oh, let's see. Today's a very special day. Yes, yes. That what? Today's the yard site of Rabbi Yehuda Hanasi. Oh, wow. Which was a common of the Shemins. And in Kabbalah, he was the Gilgal of Yaakov Avinu. And he was Rabbi and Rabbeinu Akadosh, as I have you saved in my phone. Oh, and Rabbi Yehuda Hanasi said, there was a bascal at his Leviah, if I could go on for a minute, Rabbeinu. Please, please. The bascal said, any person that is over here in, in, at the Leviah is Muslim Lechaya Oilam Habam. And everyone asks, what does that mean, even if a guy sinned all his life? So to give a little introduction to that, the Shimon is Rabbi, we say, because the Shimon says, two people that did it, together, they're potter, which we do not ask in like them. But when do we ask in like the Tanayim and the Amirayim? At their Leviah, the day they die, we do pass in like them. Even so, and their yard site also. And the yard site. And Rav Shimon says that when the body and the Neshama comes into Shemayim, the Neshama says, what do you want from me? The body sin. And the body says, what do you want from the Neshama? And that's why we say, Shnayim Shasim Kachatur. So the Holy Rabbi Yehuda in his Talmud, which I totally now blanked, the God of my, um, Rabbi Yehuda says that, wow, okay, I, I, I don't remember what Rabbi Yehuda says. But the point is that on the yard side it says their lips move. And that is the Kayak of Lashanara. And that's why I'm opening up the introduction to Lashanara. The power of one person's correct speech Rabbi Yehuda changed our lives, and without him, we wouldn't have the Shnayis. So we should be psyched, and I don't remember what I wanted to say about Rabbi Yehuda, but it's humbling because I was not as excited to say it. Um, uh, we should be psyched, and when I remember, I'll say the. Oh, Rabbi Yehuda says that there's a question on Yom Kippur. On Yom Kippur, if the day creates a person's sin to, sins to forgive, or then doing tshuva, and Rabbi Yehuda. Oskins, that it's the day. And it's that is why at his Leviah that he Paskin like him, even yes, and I said everyone everyone has Okay, great way to start off. Thank you, Rabbi Tzvi. Beautiful. They say they say just to Wait till you. Uh, they, they say in uh, Hanasi. Okay. They say Han- Hanasi just on your thing. I'm, I'm sure you know Hanasi is Haya Nitzitz Shel Yaakov Avino. Yeah, yeah, you got that one. All right, so beautiful, Rabbi Tzvi. So as we begin our our day with a holy, holy pshat from a holy man, Rabbi Tzvi. Uh, let us begin, Baruch Hashem, with the uh, being thankful that we are alive and being thankful that we're able to live a life of change, of growth, 
and another opportunity to better ourselves, to make ourselves better and to have a great day, to create the day that we want to create. And as we know how important it is, the internal, which affects our external. And when I'm negative on someone else and I speak Lashon Hara, Chas Shalom, when someone says something negative about someone, it says more about me than it says about the person who I'm speaking about. The person who's speaking Lashon Hara is, is uh, showing and revealing his negativity. That's why there's a Mitzorah. A Mitzorah is Motzi Ra. Motzi Ra is, is that I bring out the bad that's within me. And one of the things that a person can do, and a person is able to do while he's alive, is he's able to fix himself. And he's able to make himself more positive. A person's able to make himself more loving on himself because, because what you see in others and you experience in others and negativity in others comes from your own negativity. When you're, when you're happy, so you love everyone around you. When you're in a bad mood, so then you can't stand everybody around you. So the goal is when a person learns to create within himself happiness and create within himself love. And, and, and one thing I could say, it takes, it takes work. It takes work for a person to learn to change his thinking. Like we say many times, it's not just, you know, it's not, it's not about uprooting your negative thoughts. You're not going to uproot your negative thoughts. What you can do is you can replace them with positive thoughts and positive thinking. And that's where Lashon Hara begins. That's where Lashon Hara begins. Lashon Hara begins with me changing the way I think, me changing the perspective on myself. Okay, one of the ways to do that, one of the ways to change your perspective on yourself is to actively, actively work on putting positive thoughts in your mind. By actively. It's something that I would suggest everybody to begin to do as soon as you can. And the sooner you start replacing your negative thoughts with positive thoughts, and the sooner you begin to learn how to have and to create the thoughts that you want to have, the quicker you will learn to live the life that you want to live. When you begin to create the thoughts that you want to have, then, then you begin to live the life that you want to live. Question, comments, and then we'll do the halacha. Yes? So, how do we force out thoughts that are just hard to get rid of? Like, you know, negative thoughts that, you know, they're in our mind, we don't right. want them there. And, uh, you know, taking this thing that, you know, our thoughts are really become. So, I mean, how do we shed negative thoughts? Right, so, so great question. I think, I think, the, I think the, the point, the, the goal is not to get rid of the negative thoughts. That's not the goal. Because if, you're, if a person's trying to get rid of, of negative thoughts, so then that, that, that usually is, becomes negative. It's like, I gotta get rid of these thoughts. You're, you know, you know uh, it's like I remember hearing one someone say, and sometimes, sometimes we say this, why are you being so negative? That's a very negative thing to say to somebody. Why are you being so negative? 
So, so I don't, I don't think, Eliakim, that that what we want to do is try and get rid of our negative thoughts. I think what we want to do is we want to learn to to just begin to just think positive thoughts because negative thoughts are going to come, and 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 thoughts in general. Once you look at thoughts, you know they say the way to battle your thoughts is to really just look at thoughts as their only thoughts. It's just a thought. But when I create a thought, and I say, I'm going to think this way, as opposed to a thought that just comes into my head, don't give it so much credence, the negative thought. Once I start saying, I gotta get rid of it, I gotta get rid of it, I gotta get rid of it, then I'm already giving it so much power. Okay, so I have this negative thought. What I wanna do is I wanna, you know, uh, I wanna learn and this is the key to learn. Underline that word. I want to learn how to think more positive. I want to learn how to how to how to you know wake up in the morning, go to sleep at night, and learn how to say, okay, I'm going to have a good day. I am blessed to be in Yeshiva. I am doing a great job. I am learning to have more patience. I am, you know, whatever it is, a person, you know, uh, I would suggest anybody who has Spotify or Apple Music, is that the other one? Apple Music, um, to, to look up affirmations and to learn your style of, of uh, whether it's going to sleep with it, whether it's waking up in the morning, and, and you learn to, you know, like a lot of the, a lot of this, um, um, people when they talk about being successful, what do they say? They say, post all over your room, you know, like we said, to Schleimi's phone. You know, you open up your phone and it says, you know, I, you know, uh, I'm only, I'm not gonna give in to my physical pleasures and the temporary thing. You know, when you, when you have all around on the mirror in your room, by your bed, and you wake up and you have all these positive things, it starts going in. Is that? And, but I, but I, but I want to say, thank you. I want to stress this very, very importantly. Don't try and get rid of your negative thoughts. The more you try and get rid of them, the more they're going to become. They're going to become very strong. They're not going to be happy if you try and get rid of them. Plus, you'll have a whole machlokas about it. Oh, but it is true. Right? Oh, this guy is like this. Uh, oh, I got to get. No, he's not. Yes, he is. No, he's not. <laughs> Having this whole battle in your head, as opposed to saying, "Okay, this guy's, you know, whatever, a selfish guy." Great. Are there positive things I can learn about this person? That's that's that was your motion, and then Ben. Yes, motion. Proactive, not reactive. Mm-hmm. Correct. Proactive, not reactive. Exactly. Proactive in your thinking. Correct. Yes, Ben. One second. I'm just writing down what motion said. Um, Basically, I was reading a book by Rabbi Dr. Feiner, and he says that we are not our thoughts, we are the ones who notice our thoughts. And is that statement contradictory to the statement you made yesterday that we are our thoughts? And like me personally, that statement helps a lot when I have negative thoughts to take a step back and say, wait a minute, I'm not these thoughts, these are the thoughts that Correct. the Yitzhak put in my head. Correct. Correct. Are those contradictory statements, or do they work together? They, they, well, again, you, you are not, you are definitely not your thoughts, but your thoughts um, very much strengthen and uh, dictate um, how you act and how you feel. So you're thinking, again, your thoughts, if you have anxiety, 
That comes from your thinking. If you are happy, that comes from your thinking. If you're sad, that comes from your thinking. That's not who I am. It's not who I am. But that will help create a certain way, right? Uh, the way you feel about things. Yes, you did, yeah. Um, just uh, like to Yeah. They say that we have like 135 thoughts per minute. And it's like, when I think about that, I'm like, no, I don't. I only have like two thoughts left right. a minute. Right. Because I just identify with certain thoughts. So you are your thoughts, and this is the thoughts you identify with. Beautiful. 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 Very well said, yes. There's a lot of subconscious. A lot of subconscious. Yes. We'll try it. I don't know if you have Yeah, find your find your Yeah, whatever works. Oh, it's it's more than good. It's, it'll change your life. Five times, whatever, whatever you want to do. Whatever. The more you do it, the more you do it, the better. The better it is. The more you, the more you learn to think beautiful things, the more you'll think beautiful things. The more you think positive things, the more you'll be connected to it, for sure. Okay, let's learn the halacha. Says the Chavetz Chaim. Beautiful. Now the reason we're talking about that, you say like, why are we starting off, right? Why are we starting off Hilchas Lashonara about thinking? Why are we? What does one have to do with the other? So it's very obvious because when you see someone doing something negative and you're playing a story in your head, that's where it begins. It all begins in your judgment of yourself and your judgment of other people. That's where Lashonara comes from. It's seeing the negative. It's thinking the negative. As opposed to learning to create and find the positives. Create the story that you want to have in your head about that person. And like the Svarim say, in a, in a holier way of understanding, is that, is that when you actually judge someone, when you judge someone favorably, you actually uplift him to that which you're judging him. Many times, right, I'll peak Kabbalah, they say, is that Hashem... You did the same thing that that guy did. You did the same exact thing that that person did. And Hashem shows you that person because He wants you to judge. He wants you to judge yourself. He wants, Hashem wants you to judge yourself. So He shows you that person, do the same exact thing that you're doing. Then you judge Him and you think that it's the judgment from Hashem. Hashem's like, no, 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 you judged yourself. So if you judge everyone favorably, you'll always be favorably judged. Yes, Yaakov. Um, I read in the seven Yes. Uh. One more time, use. Use our imagination as opposed to our memory. Wow. What does he say that? I like that. I forgot that. Yaakov, say, you hear what he's saying? Use, say it louder, please. When looking at other people and uh, judging them and thinking about them, we should use, create our stories about them, we should, we should use our imagination as opposed to our memory. Now, you know what I'm going to say with that. You ready what I'm going to say with that? Who, who can guess what I'm going to say with that? When you're looking at yourself, 
And you're looking at yourself. Smash the rear view mirrors. Correct. That's why I always say smash your rear view mirrors because of what Yaakov just said. Don't use your memory of yourself. Use your imagination of yourself. Use your creativity, yeah? He says, tie yourself to your limitless potential as opposed to your limiting past. One more time. Tie yourself to your limitless potential as opposed to your limiting past. And what's beautiful, thank you, Yaku. Wow, thank you, Yaku. This is like, this is like uh, fresh water, like, like just mm, beautiful, beautiful. What's the shot? The shot is, is that, is that, is that we, we, this is really where Lush and Hara comes from. Meaning when we're so, when we're so limiting on ourselves, when we lock ourselves up into our past, and this is who I am, and we think we know who we are. We think we know who we are, as opposed to being creative and letting go. And it's scary to let go. But it's exciting, right? When you're going on a roller coaster, right, and you don't know what's going to be, so you have that, you have that nervousness. But but that's but that's exciting. Life becomes exciting when you say, okay, what can be, as opposed to, as opposed to the certainty of misery, the certainty of misery, versus the misery of uncertainty. So I don't know what it's going to be. I don't know what I can become. That's a little bit more scary, but it's exciting. It gets exciting. Wow. Thank you. Okay, so with that, here we go. Says the Chavetz Chaim. You're not allowed to talk Lashon Hara about a Jew to a non-Jew. So that's interesting. So Lashon Hara is talking to a non-Jew about a Jew. The danger of talking Lashon Hara to a guy, to a non-Jew, is much worse and talking to a Jew about a Jew, right? If you go ahead and you tell Lashon Hara to a Jew about a Jew, so there is a benefit to that. What's the benefit? Because we know that the person that you're talking to, who said that? Uh, Shuki. Has a mitzvah to judge the kaschus, right? So you can go ahead, and obviously it's not good to talk to another Jew about another Jew, because that's called Lashon Hara. But when you're talking to another Jew about a Jew, so that the, the Jew you're talking to has a mitzvah to, li- to not believe you, as opposed to a, a non-Jew will automatically believe your words as fact and thereby causing another Jew untold harm. Okay, Hilchus Lashon Hara, Chesed Beis, page 144, day 54. Question, comments on that? Very, very powerful. Besides the fact that also it's definitely like a Chil Hashem, right? when you talk, and you have to be careful with this. Any, any of those, um, any of, of you who work in the summer or work with, um, with non-Jews in the summer or whenever it is, so sometimes you could be working with another, another Jew together and uh, you're frustrated and you could say to the person who you're working with who's not Jewish, say, oh gosh, you know, this person's bothering me, or, or they see two Jews fighting, right? There's nothing more, uh, you know, hurtful than a, a non-Jew sees two Jews fighting with each other. Like, you know, why, 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 why can't you guys get along? Yeah, correct, correct. Okay, yes. Can you, can you like, vent to a guy about a, a 
Amazing question. Amazing question. Amazing question. I think what Moshe is asking is, let's say you have a non-Jew therapist. I don't know. It's an amazing question. Uh, I'm a therapist, just like, uh, just like a friend, like what we said before. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not saying it's a great question. It's a sensitivity. I'm not saying that a person cannot talk, you know, if he's in a, in a program or if he, needs to, if he has someone who he speaks to who's not Jewish, but it's very different. It's very different because we, you have to be sensitive because maybe they can be judgmental and they don't have any mitzvah. They don't, they don't have, right? Could you imagine not having the Hilchus Lashnara? Could you imagine not having any Lashnara? So it means, right? You could talk about whoever you want. You could believe whatever you want. And that's it. For us, Hashem, we have these halachas that, that it comes down to even your wife, even your family. You have to be careful what you're going to believe from from the, the closest people to you. Yes, Rabbi Tzvi. Yeah, we're gonna we start it, so we're gonna end the lush and hard part. I just want to share that the more we come, I come to the shir, the more sensitive we become. And at eight thirty today, someone in the Gibbon Amitfar chat asked if someone <coughs> have a store that makes platters. So I posted the number, and I was gonna say the best in the business, but then I wrote one of the best because I said I don't know if I could mock everyone else. And it could be, it could be that somebody else would have, would have gone to a different uh, place. And now he's, you know, if you would have said the best in the business, he would have dropped it. Or, or someone would write, no, this is This one, one. right, correct. Beautiful, beautiful, amazing. Okay, Hashem will help each and every one of us. We will be zocha to, as we started off saying, learn to love ourselves more, learn to to not uh, look at our, um, have a memory of our past, but of an imagination of our future, of what we can be, what we could be today. Love ourselves more, accept ourselves more, and learn to, to be good within ourselves. And the more we learn to be good within ourselves, the more our projection and our look at other people will will automatically change. Automatically. And of course, just by going over the halachas, just by listening to this shir and, and, and every day us learning about, about the halachas, that alone, two things will happen. Number one, the Chavetz Chaim promises that your desire for talking negatively about people will automatically go lower and lower until it diminishes. And number two, just the only thing we can do is we can learn about it. That's where it begins. That's where it begins. And then stories like Rabbi Tzvi is saying, it will automatically happen that you will become more sensitive. So Hashem will help us and all the Jewish people not to speak bad about anyone, not to see bad about anyone, um, us and all of Klal Yisrael.
Amen. Uh, yeah. Just a quick question going back to when Asha puts the situation of what you struggle with and someone else doing it. Yes. And sees how you judge it and yes. judges you. Yeah. To what extent does Hashem judge someone? Let's say Ruben has an issue getting, you know, keeping Shabbos, and then he sees Hashem not keeping Shabbos, and he's totally like, like, I understand the struggle, doesn't judge him at all. So right. Hashem, someone's not keeping Shabbos. Right. right? Won't judge him at all. Right, he'll definitely judge him less. Yeah, you judge. Uh, it's always mita kenegavida. If you are a rachman, Hashem is a rachman. That's the way it works. Hashem doesn't judge you. You judge yourself. You judge yourself. Somebody who thinks Hashem is judging him negatively, I guarantee you, he's a negative person who judges things negatively. He's judging Hashem negatively. Think about that one. Checkmate. Checkmate, yeah, right. Right? That's it. It's all Hashem puts us in situations. And when you have mercy, Hashem has mercy. When you are good to people, Hashem is good to you. That's literally Hashem tzilcha. Hashem is your shadow. We have more control of our lives and our destiny than we think. We have full, full control. It's one of the things... That the Rambam says it's brought down. That is, that is the most powerful thing that Hashem has given to us, that we have the ability to choose. And to choose, and, and all of our life is affected by the choices that we make. And the irony is after 120, it's all you. You're going to be your own judge. You're going to be the one who's, who's creating. We create all the angels of good and bad. We create... We create it. So we'll be like, oh my gosh, where did this prosecutor come from? Uh, buddy, his name is your name. He's, he's an extension of you, and he's prosecuting you. And then you have a defendant who you created also. That's the power of what we're able to create within ourselves. Yes, Meyer. Talking about um, judging uh, your own judge, I remember since sixth grade, my um, mouth said after Monday we were talking about how you, know, you have to go to the doctor. And he was saying that if, let's say, you, um, you're struggling, like you're not sure, should I go or should I not go? Like you're torn between something. If you pick the value of Munich, so if, let's say, you decide, oh no, I'm going to be on my phone, then you, the value of Munich is your thing that you're doing on your phone. So if, let's say, you go and you. Uh, they travel two hours in the morning, or whatever it is, and, and it's like, oh wow, your value goes up. So it's a similar thing. It's, yeah, it's a similar thing that you create how much it is worth. By, by what you do and, yeah. and what, what you choose. Yeah. Beautiful. Amazing. Meyer, so true. So true. Right. What Meyer is saying is that it's not just in your mind what you value. I think that's what you're saying. It's not just in your mind. When you choose, and I'm going to use this for a positivity and negativity, when I choose uh, to, to think a certain way, it means I will, be, I will value it more. When I choose to act a certain way, then I, I actually value it more. Not just that in my mind I value it more. Hey, even if you don't know, it's just automatically. Automatically the value goes up. Beautiful. Spiritual supply and demand. Huh? Spiritual supply and demand. Yeah, correct. Right. Beautiful. Yes. That's so, Slightly 
I'm not being McCobbled, but I'm being all negative. Like, I don't even be McCobbled. I just don't even like the fact. And I, I, I'll tell you what hit me, really. It's where it's the work that they being around the workers. And, and it's because even, I tell you, when you're in the non traditional environment, you'll see they will lose focus when they're working. I'm talking <coughs> negative right now. I was never McCobbled, but I'm still that concept of just seeing it right. as something that I'm pursuing negative. So I'm like, I'm just getting played. I mean, how do you, when someone's talking about Shahara, how do you see him positive? Still have to acknowledge it. You could say, he, maybe he doesn't come to the shir. Maybe he is not aware of the Shahara. Maybe he's having a bad day. Maybe he, whatever it is, you could judge in favor. You could say he's talking about Shahara, but maybe he doesn't. But it's no different than any other person. You see a person who's Bechal Shabbos. See a person doing something. How do I judge him favorably? He's doing something wrong. The answer is maybe he doesn't uh, know what Shabbos is about. Maybe he doesn't know that it's us. Maybe he had he has trauma. Maybe he has a lot of anxiety and he can't. I want to focus more on the non-Jewish part. I want to focus on the non How do I handle that? They'll never get it. They'll never get it. So you, so you don't have to judge. So he doesn't know. He doesn't have it. But I hate the fact of wasting time. So you're maybe wasting time by, by focusing on that. <laughs> Got it? <laughs> okay, beautiful. Let's begin. I want to begin um, with the end of Perak Dalit, and then I want to jump in to Perak of the Seal Sisharim. The end of Perak Dalit, as we were saying yesterday, uh, the Masil Sharm says a line that is very, very uh, uh, challenging, very uh, powerful line, but it's, it's, uh, it's so, so more than the word important. It's, it's reality. And here is the words. It's based as a Gemara in Yushalmi. Yushalmi says, Marich ape vegove delay. Marich ape, which means he extends his anger and his gave delay and he collects that which belongs to him. He collects. Now the example that I like to give is our generation of credit cards. We live in a world of credit cards. What credit cards is, one of the pain, one of the benefits of credit cards is the same pain of a credit card. The benefit of a credit card is you don't feel anything when you use it. Right? You walk around, you don't feel that you're... If you give somebody $1,000, $1,000 cash, I don't know if anyone's ever had that experience, but when you're giving someone $1,000 cash, you feel it much more than if you are uh, quick paying and zelling uh, somebody $1,000. Well, $1,000 also in your bank account when you see it drop. Also hurts. But I'm saying when you swipe, let me say better, when you swipe your credit card, so you don't feel like you are losing anything. What happens? Anyone who's, uh, you guys are too young to know what credit card debt, hopefully you're too young to know what credit card debt is. But what credit card debt is, is that you can't afford it. You can't afford it. You swipe and you swipe and you swipe, and you have a party. You're the man. It's all on me. I'm swiping, I'm swiping, and swiping. And you have a very high interest rate, right? Been there, done that many times. Baruch Hashem, I've I've, uh, I, I, I don't consider myself a financial advisor, but uh, could be I could be a little bit of a financial advisor because I went through, when I was younger, uh, uh, the credit card. I, 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 uh, 
you know, I'm a, uh, a spoiled guy, and I uh, grew up, I'm as American as they come, and I love spending money, and I, uh, and I uh, uh, got myself into credit card debt. Now I can say, Baruch Hashem, is that I am uh, financially very, very, very responsible, and I'm totally, I'm totally happy. I'm very proud of myself. It's actually good to talk about it publicly. Um, and I know how, how much it can affect a person. It can affect a person because this is what we do in life. We swipe and we swipe and we swipe and we think it's all good. But then what happens is it catches up to us. It catches up to us with interest and then you're stuck. Because then you have this whole, this whole uh, you know, debt that you can't afford to pay back and you're dealing with things on a monthly basis. Besides your regular daily life that you have to deal with, you're dealing with this past that you messed up. And as the Yushalmi says, Hashem has patience for everybody. Hashem has tremendous patience. But there comes a point, and I said this to uh, you, some of you have heard this from me in the past, there comes a point where Hashem says, all right, you used the credit card, you spent a lot of money, now how are you paying me back? And the danger, I just want to say this to everybody here, the danger of being 18, 19, 20, is that there comes a time where a person says, okay, when I was 15, whatever I've been doing, maybe Hashem gave me a free pass. Maybe Hashem is still giving me a free pass. And you want to ask yourself, when is my free pass finished? Because let's say Hashem says, I will give you 300 Shabbos not to connect to. I'll give you 500, I'm just giving examples, 500 times where you could, you know, be busy doing nothing. I'll give you a certain amount of times. Why? Because you were brought up this way. And yes, I put you in that school. And yes, I gave you your parents. And yes, I gave you these problems. Hashem says, yes, I gave you these problems. But what did you do? You already have uh, enjoyed all the rebellion of all the problems that I gave you. You've, you've spent high school doing this, this, and this. You've spent many hours doing this, this, and this. At what point does a person say, okay, the time has come because Hashem will say, listen, the time has come to change your life. And one of the challenges, and I want to say this and then I'll let everyone... Um, you know, comment or question on this, and, and, and then I really want to start the beginning of the next parak. But um, you know, you want you want to you want to ask yourself. Everybody wants to ask themselves that that at this stage of my life, and, and it's a very this I want to make very clear. It's very, the reason by being eighteen till whenever it might be, probably till you get married, because once you get married, you're already like on a new chapter in your life. But when you're 18 or 17, 18, I'll say 18, because most, most, most people who are here are, are 18. We do have maybe a few 17-year-olds, but 18 till 21, 22 are from the most challenging times in your life. And the reason that that is, is because you're transitioning from being a baby and being a child and being someone who's irresponsible, and you're allowed to, you might have a free pass, to say, okay, I'm irresponsible, I'm rebelling, I'm upset, I'm angry, I'm kicking and screaming. 
to say, okay, am I going to continue being that? Am I going to continue being a baby? Or am I going to learn to take responsibility? And it's a very hard transition from 18 to 21, 22. It's a very difficult time because you're either going to continue sinking in your rebellion, in your immaturity, in your whatever it is, or you're going to start saying, okay, it's time for me to become independent. It's time for me to look at myself and say, wow, maybe it's a lot of excuses. I've had a lot of time to excuse myself from the life that I want to live. Question, comments? And then we'll wrap up this parrot. Please, question, comments, please. Come on, after that, I gotta get, come on. Comments, it was that. When's the, when's the point that he knows that it's time to make that he knows. Oh, I oh, was just thank you very much. See, it's not when great question. It's not when does he know it. It's when is he willing to face it? Fear, fear, fear. Forget. Right? Remember, fear is on two sides of the coin. Forget everything and run, which is maybe what you did when you were a teenager. Forget everything and run. I'm done. I'm out. Forget everything and run. Or, yeah, face everything and rise. That's the difference between, between the kid who keeps on swiping his credit card and the money is being spent and the interest is forget everything and run, forget everything and run. Right? I spoke to someone last night, I was so inspired, I can't even tell you. But we've been talking about the stop protecting and help yourself. Stop protecting and help. Stop protecting and help yourself. That's the difference between forgetting everything and running and facing everything and rising. Everyone has problems. Everybody has trauma. Everybody has, some have more than others. Everyone's got a lot of secrets and a lot of things that they've done wrong and have been done wrong to them. Stop protecting. It's not going to help when you protect yourself. Get, get the help that you need. That's face everything and rise. That's what it's about. So Rabbi Regensburg, great question. It's not about when you know it. It's when you're ready to face it. And the quicker and the earlier a person faces it, the earlier and the quicker a person faces it, the more, the stronger he will be, the happier he will be. You can never face things too early. I'm talking about at your, at your stage. You can't say, oh, I need another year. Nobody here, no offense. Nobody here needs another year. Everyone here has had enough fun. I don't mean to take away uh, from, from anyone's fun. Everyone here, Baruch Hashem, and our yeshiva, Baruch Hashem, were all healthy, fun, enjoyment, been there, done that. And that's great. It's awesome. Doesn't mean you don't need to take care of yourself and continuously take care of yourself. But there comes a point where you want to ask yourself, okay, what's my next step? Okay. Yes, Sajjah. What if it's like sometimes you're both doing the same things that you want to get over and just jump over to something you want to jump up in your past? Can I want a little louder, please? Like there's stuff in your past that like, you don't want to give up, like you have fun doing it or whatever, but you also want to do it in person. Like, you can't do both at the same time. Like, you can't just stop this and do this. Right. 
know? So I, I have a feeling that everyone here sitting can answer that question much better than I can. So say, say, say it again. Saj is asking a classic great question. And what? Meaning you, you, you want to give something up in life, but it's hard because you enjoy it. So what do you do? So Saj, first of all, great question. I'm sure everyone has great advice because you know what he's saying. Meaning, what, what do you do when you're when you're on the fence, as they say? I can't. I can't. What? No, no, say. No means. What? So go say. Come on, dude. Say, go. Can't dance in two classes at the same time. You gotta make a choice in life. You gotta make a decision. What do you want? You want to move on and you start in your past. You want to or you want to still in your past. You want to win? Beautiful. Say, sell that. You want to make it happen. You make it happen. You want to make it happen. What? That's the one-on-one. You got to make it happen. It's the main thing. It's not your main thing. It's not your main thing. And if it is your main thing, then it's going to be something you're making happen. And also, a lot of those things, the small things that we want to, like, it's hard for us to sacrifice, but we want to move on to a different place. Those are generally things that are going to equal short-term happiness versus the other things that are going to equal long-term happiness. Yeah, good. Long-term. Shlaimi is saying also beautifully, he's saying we said last night in Ms. Hilchishar, we actually started in Nikias, so we were talking about the difference between being dry and the difference between being clean. Somebody who says, okay, I'm not drinking anymore, I'm not smoking anymore, I'm not doing whatever anymore, dry means, oh gosh, I am miserable. I am miserable. So you know what? Go drink and go smoke, because you're miserable. As opposed to, like, like Yonah saying, I'm clean. You want to make it that I feel good. You want to make it that I don't want to drink. I don't want to smoke because I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying my life. I'm realizing what real enjoyment is. Real enjoyment. Yes, Rabbi Ackerman. Sadie's question is exactly the I was looking with my ritual the other night, and we saw that the definition of knowing yourself is not being, um, like you know exactly what would cause you to grow, and exactly what bothers you to grow. Like exactly the things that are pulling you back and you don't give yourself the excuses. Why is it going to be? Once it's clear in my mind, yeah, this is the way to grow, and this is holding me back. So there's nice ideas how to, to, to get over it. But by just this moment of knowing, yes, this is what I want and this bothers me, it's, it's already 80% of the, of the solution because it's okay, I'm aware and I know and I'm very honest with myself. Beautiful, beautiful, right? I like that. I like that a lot. Beautiful. Meaning, what Rabbi Ackerman's saying is that is that once you are aware of your challenge, and once you're aware of the Yitzhahara that you have, then that's great. That's already a very powerful step. The first step is like I don't know what I want. I don't know what bothers me. I don't know what holds me back. But once I'm holding in that stage, I'm already eighty percent in. Now, getting solutions, okay, we'll get. It. 
to hold up. Oh, what a great quote. Oh, got it. I'll get it in a second. I apologize that I don't remember who... I don't know why I'm thinking Zalmi, because Zalmi sends a lot of great quotes. You are afraid... Listen to this, everyone. You are afraid of surrender because you don't want to lose control. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to... I'm going to replace the word surrender from past. You're afraid to forget about your past because you don't want to lose control. I'm afraid to surrender because I don't want to lose control. But you never had control. All you had was anxiety. You never had control. So your past, you think you had, oh, I got my past. I'm afraid to let go of your past. You're, 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 you're a wreck because of your past. You're a wreck because of the things you do. So you're afraid to let go of the things you do, but the things you do are the things that are killing you. So you think, oh, I can't let go of who, of who I am, but you hate who you are. So when a person learns to say, okay, I gotta let go, and that's that why, why the, oh yeah, I wish I could say the person's name, because I love him so much, if he gives me a thumbs up, because he's in sheer. I sat with someone yesterday, oh my gosh, it's a deacon. Now, Yeshiva, I love, I love you all so much. I can't begin to tell you. I, I, I look at it as a joke when I, uh, you know, when, when, uh, you know, when I, when, when people give me a little honor for the Yeshiva, I'm like, I'm a nobody. I look at, I, I listen and I look at the struggles and the growth that each and every one of you do. Sitting yesterday with someone, we made a list of, of ten people, and he's, he's willing to go on a journey. That's a, a journey of, of his past by, by, by instead of protecting himself, and he's saying, I need help. And we made a list of 10 people who he's, who he's going to search to help himself. That's, that's forgetting about, that's, that's dealing with your past. Instead of living in the past, instead of living in your past, you're dealing with your past by letting go and creating the, the world and the life that you want to live in, Yetzirah. Yetzirah, the twisted biscuit wacko, Yetzirah, wants each and every one of us to just think about your Averis. Because we know your Averis are, your Averis are what you did yesterday. You don't, you're not, you don't have an Avera now. You're pure now. You're perfect now. You are perfect right now. Today can be perfect, even though I don't like that word. But you know what I mean. Today could be the exact day that you are waiting for. But the only reason you're not going to do it is because the answer is going to say, Oh, I'm going to do it again. Here we go again. Why? Here we go again. Yes, Rabbi Tzvi. I would like to share a story about serenity and anxiety that happened last night. So as everyone knows, Rebbe's at night, they go to spas and schnitzes to get out, to get out a little bit. 
So there's a place across the street from Rakshapa that I go here and there. And uh, we had the place from 9 o'clock to 11. And I had a shear to go through at 10. So I got the, the basin, the schlitz first, from the massage guy. And then at 10.06, I left the spot. I had my phone in the little box over there, because it's fancy. And it's a double door spa, meaning if the guard or the guy in charge is not there, no one could hear me. So I found myself the second I left um, uh, outside the door without my phone. And I started banging, saying, Avi, Uzi, open the door, and no one's listening. So that's at 10.06, and I'm sitting there on the staircase because I can't leave my phone because we're, we're, we're at, I'm an addict to my phone. And 10 minutes go by, I'm going crazy. I'm like, no one wants a drink. There's a fridge right there. No one, and I told the guy, Tony, I told him, bring two bottles of water that we shouldn't have to spend money from the fridge. So he came with two bottles. So now I created them, no one gets a drink. <laughs> so I'm sitting there, 10 minutes go by, and then I say, wait a minute, Steve, you preach all day that you don't know, so maybe, and I go extreme, Maybe you were supposed to get into an accident, so say thank you. You're sitting here in a staircase. Okay, so in Muna, 10 minutes go by, and then I start going crazy again. And, I, and, I, and I'm having a conversation. I'm like, so your death is only a 10-minute gap? Meaning, oh, only 10 minutes you're saved, but now, and, that, and then I saw a camera on the left side, and I'm knocking, and I'm trying to dial on the keypad, and nothing, and I realized it's just me, myself, and Hashem and I gotta just deal with myself. And I think that's what technology, and, and then I was saying, look at that boy, the Zara, that you're, I sat there for 50 minutes. I got to the share at 11 or something. And I said, you can't just go, whatever, you'll deal with your phone tomorrow. But no, no one knows it's in the box. And, and, and I realized that it's me and Hashem, and I just gotta talk to him, and I'm like, I don't have a house, today I'm supposed to get evicted, but Hashem is saying, just sit with me. Stop running to your Netflix, not to wherever you're running. Sit, and that's what the phone, the phone and all of these distractions doesn't allow us to, to face the anxiety. Because people like myself that are hyper, it, I believe if I wouldn't have my phone, so I would have to do something. But because I run to these places, so I could make excuses and, and numb myself. So that's surrender. Surrender to Hashem, and as I mentioned in the shir that I give, you want to succeed with your taivas, but we do it. I said, talk to Hashem before you want to do the taiva. Tell Hashem without you taking it from me, it's impossible for me not to do it. And I guarantee on my, I haven't seen one that has done it and failed. A half an hour later, you say, I don't want to do it again because you want the control. But if you surrender, surrender gives you the, the power to control. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. And just to end off, to end off, is that many times what happens is, is that we, we give value to, whether it's the phone, whether it's to the, the drink, whether it's to the movie, whether it's to something else, we give so much value, like Meyer was saying, we give so much value to that, and we devalue ourselves. 
We think that that is the thing that is saving me. That is the thing that is helping me. That is the thing that is giving me the ability to cope, to, de- to deal, excuse me, to deal with my problems. It's the movies, it's the drink, it's the girls, and so whatever it might be, whatever you might have. We think that that is so chashev, and that is helping me. And I, without that, am nothing. It's the exact opposite. Those things are the things that are pulling me away from, from myself. Those are the things that are stopping my greatness. Those are the things that are blinding me from who I can be and who I am. And the only way to realize that is when you, when you like Rabbi Tzu was saying, when a person surrenders, when he says, let me get help. Let me ask somebody. And it's one of the things that I'm seeing more and more when I talk about this, and I, the importance and the power. I actually had this, I'm, I'm gonna end off on a, on a personal thing that I had yesterday. I had a meeting about the yeshiva, and I had a meeting about something that was, that's very um, important for the yeshiva, and there was something that was weighing on me for, for the last few months that I was holding myself. And I was handling it because, oh, I gotta handle it myself. And I gotta hold it myself. I'm not, I can't go into details, but it was about a certain situation that I was handling all myself, and I was davening for it, and it sat on my heart. And I, Baruch Hashem, because we've been talking about stop protecting and ask for help. So I was with somebody who's involved in the yeshiva, who can help the yeshiva, and I said to myself, why don't I just tell the person that I can't handle this and I need your help? And what did I do? I went ahead and I started saying, I'm dealing with this, I'm dealing with this, and it's heavy on me, and he was listening, and then he's like, okay, great, let's do this, this, and this. He totally pulled it off of me. He totally took it away from me in a good way, and he's like, I'll take care of it. And I'm like, what? Like that easy? Here I was holding this thing that to me was so heavy was so challenging, was something that I'm davening about, something that's sitting so heavy on me, and all I did was, instead of me protecting and holding it to myself, I said, let me ask this person to help. And I was thinking, Baruch Hashem in our yeshiva, Baruch Hashem in our yeshiva, you know, when Saja asked this question, right, every person sitting here in the base bedrash can answer that question. And Saja could answer if, could answer if someone asked, else asked a different question. Because when it comes to ourselves, we get Ein Chavish Matir Asma Besosurim. Maram Bracha says that sometimes you can't let yourself out of jail. But somebody else, somebody else, you can give the best advice in the world to. So you know what you can do? Ask that person for advice. And he'll ask you for advice. And we all have each other to say, help me, help me, help me, help me. Then you're the richest, wealthiest, most powerful person in the world. You know why? Because you have so many people who can help you get to where you want to get to. But instead, what do we do? What does the Yitzhahara have us do? The Yitzhahara has us sit there in our little corner and, and back up in our little corner and protect ourselves and hide and deal with our pain personally and then you don't, we don't end up anywhere that we want to be. So Hashem will help each and every one of us. Let us be Zoha. Do you want to say something? Science question a better. Life itself is not all or nothing. It's just because in reality, it could be nothing in this world and still live and survive. Just when it comes to yourself, it's all or nothing. That's all that's
Hashem will help each and every one of us as the, the weeks are Baruch Hashem moving, as the days are moving, the Avraham, the Sarah, the Canaan Bayim, by Yamim, the Tzadikim are living every day. You gotta learn to live today. I can't express that enough. The most powerful thing that a person can do is just to deal with today. Whatever it might be. Don't worry about your future. Do not worry about your future and don't be sad or don't think about your past. Say, how can I live today to the best of my ability? What can I do today? What can I do today a little bit better? As Dovi once said, a great line. He says, if you go ahead and you push 5%, only 5% every year, and you better yourself 5% every year, and the next year, another 5%, and the next year, another 5%. So do the math. Until you get to 100%, everyone here at least is at 50%. Even if you hold yourself at 20%. Even if you're at 0%. If you do 5% extra. And think about it as far as days. Think about it as today. If today I push myself 1% more than I did yesterday. 1%. You know what that is? It's nothing. 1%. You do that for 30 days, you got 30% better. The problem is we say, okay, I got to jump. Like that, uh, you know, that picture of the, the ladder. If you put it on the quote a few times, the ladder that the rungs are so far from themselves. So of course, I can't reach the next step. But if I have a rung that's right here, a rung that's right there, one percent. Imagine if you do that. One percent better in my relationships with my parents. One percent better giving into my desires. One percent better in my learning, my focus. 1% better am I getting up in the morning, whatever it might be. 1% better in thinking positive. And you do that every day. At the end of the month, you've got 30%. Thank you, Dovey. Have a wonderful day, everybody. Enjoy the first day of the rest of your life. Have a wonderful day. Sure. Sure.